Hi, this is Ken Sagos, a.k.a. Ken K. from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 and Part 4. And let me tell you what I do. You see, when I finish kicking Freddy's Krueger's ass all over Dreamland, I kick back and relax at Nightmare Jughead Podcast. your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciates the subtle art and craft of the diorama my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode kaijun continues as we take a giant-sized look at depression addiction and despair as we delve into 2016's colossal and whether or not you've closed down a bar, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your the countryside hole. <laughs> Only Wes Anderson-esque yes. countryside. <laughs> and you can see us uh, being cool and ironic on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and Seoul Korea shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, June 10th, if you're in the Kansas City area and you would like your uh, kimchi shenanigans, kimchi shenanigans, kimchanigans. Mm. I just like kimchi shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to screenland.com where they will have those shenanigans taken indoors, virtually and outdoors. And the Friday this is releasing, our latest Friday Night Fright is part of the class of 1982. Mm-hmm. It actually did compete in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness mm-hmm. and contains one of my all-time favorite scenes. And it's funny because there's a lot of these of James Karen yelling and screaming. being berated. Right. And the fact that it's Coach doing it adds another little element to it. When we did the rewatch for this for um, Mouth of March Madness, there's some genuine scares. I mean, genuine scares. And I will go to bat now to say this is Hooper's film. Oh, this is straight up Tobey Hooper's yeah, poltergeist that there, we're going to be taking there is, in. There is some genuinely really well-crafted scares that in this That debate film. actually came up on social media again. Yeah. Because the poltergeist is getting like a 4K restoration from somewhere and someone... Put in, you know, Steven Spielberg's blah, blah, blah. And listen, there was that period where Steven Spielberg was producing a number of films. You've got Joe Dante with Gremlins, Joe Dante with Inner Space, uh, Robert Zemeckis with Back to the Future, if and I remember. And Goonies. Right. And Goonies, yes, with Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place producing, but he was collaborating. And like you said, Poltergeist for a PG horror film. It it pushes that PG. It's hard, it's, man. Yeah, it and does. you get it, that great it, it combination it. of practical and digital, or at least that time with like Richard Edlund mm-hmm. uh, coming straight off of working like for Return of the Jedi. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, Return of the Jedi was the following year actually, so he's warming up for that. But it's a perfect collab, the killer collaboration. It is. As it turned out, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it turns out, uh, film bring family. Your eyes. 
course the anguish trailer is going to be shown. Of course <laughs> the anguish trailer is going to be shown. Anytime now, Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein <laughs> is somewhere close, you're going to get some nutrients. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just don't step on any snails. <laughs> well, then looking forward to the next Friday Night Fright, the next Friday, we're going outside of an old film. And I think one of the things that we've talked about really loving about Friday Night Frights is exploring some old classics, mm -hmm. seeing some older films for the first time, mm -hmm. but then also having a chance to kind of premiere some newer films. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, you want to talk about certain favorites of the podcast or people whose work, their art has meant a lot to both of us. Uh, we both love practical effects mm -hmm. and we both love the charm of stop motion animation. Yes, there's something about the puppetry. Yes, the practicality. Yeah, lights bouncing off of something, mm -hmm. and also knowing the amount of work and detail yes. that has to go into every nanosecond. Time, patience. I mean, for one, like you said, for one nanosecond equals like almost an hour of work. It is unreal, and Phil Tippett has produced some of the best and most memorable stop-motion animation in the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, he's responsible for me in 1987, an 11-year-old Greg watching RoboCop for the first time. <laughs> yep. Ed 209. Coming on screen, oh. just looking otherworldly with that roar. Oh. Just, just blowing A combination away. of things. And then also at the very end, when he gets shot out the window and his arms are just a elongated. little elongated, nightmare fuel. Yes. But all of it provided by Phil Tippett. And he has been working on his own feature that is all stop motion animation. Mm -hmm. And he finally put it and finished it together, put it together. And then also on the 17th, we're going to be taking in Mad God. So for those of you who might not, you're like, okay, RoboCop. But seriously, he's been Jurassic Park, oh. Starship Troopers, RoboCop, uh, Star Wars, Piranha, Jedi. Piranha. Piranha. You know, you just name it. He's, he's, he's done it. Yes. He's worked on it. He, if you grew up in the 80s, he was a staple of your childhood. Yeah. And in he, the 90s, too. Well, with Jurassic then, Park. And he's very much in worships at the altar of Harryhausen. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely see this is kind of a tribute to that. Yeah. And I hear it gets weird. 25 years in the making. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. Now, the other repertory screenings that are happening, actually, on the weekend of the 10th, speaking of, actually, uh, Phil Tippett and some of the stop motion animation work. Uh, would you like to know more, Genius? Yes, I would like to know more. Uh, whoopsh, whoopsh. A film, the Marshall Bell classic. <laughs> the film that ruined Marshall Bell for both of us. He cannot be in any film at this point. He can be in the most somber, serious movie. And his presence is going to aspire. If one of us is there, whoopsh, <laughs> to the point when... I think the last time we both watched this in the theater, when he popped up, <laughs> like, ah, whoosh, that's how he gets dispatched by the bugs. The bugs don't shred him apart. They fucking rip him apart by snapping towels. Yeah, they him. don't suck your brains out. Mm -mm. They snap your buns off. Exactly. Right in the barracks. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. The bugs are bullies, as yeah, it turns out. You, the you, barrack bugs are bullies. You don't want to go to the shower room no. with them. Mm -mm. And you know what? The bad thing is they got six arms, so they got three towels. That's you terrifying. Know? <laughs> well, thankfully, Starship Troopers plays a little bit more seriously than that. Yes, and Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to see that in the theater. And when people cheered when that happened, like, he's afraid. I don't want to say I was smart enough or 
aware enough to realize what was happening, but I saw the symbol. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Why is Doogie Hauser goose stepping, you know, his way through here with this Nazi regala on? And we're the good guys? Right. Hmm. Oh. That's why I love Verhoeven. He's he's very leveled and layered. Everything <laughs> even even if you're like, okay, it's simple and goofy and bang bang. There's a lot of other shit going on in there. <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with Starship Troopers. There's no wrong way to enjoy it. But going back into the 80s, uh, we a film that we've done, we used uh, did on uh, for Nerds and Nostalgia is a live episode. Yeah. A movie that, given any other kind of genre, could go horribly we've, weird. We've seen, we've seen what happens if any other genre. This is true. We've seen Yuck Connors. We've seen Joe Spinell, right? But if you haven't seen Mannequin on the big screen, oh man, nothing should stop you now. You know? I, I'm impressed you have you're actually reserved. I'm surprised you're not belting. Dude, I'm, just the other day, I think it was one of the Friday Night Frights or something. I was almost, I, I got there not a little bit early, but like I was up on there on time, and I was like. And the mannequin song came on, right? And I was singing the whole time, and it still had about two minutes left. And I pulled it in the parking lot, and then I'm like, ah, just kept it going. And we can build this dream together. Oh, I went off, and I, it was great. And then I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this show. If you Nothing's going to stop me now. And again, I consider this your another time. Another place. Warning, especially with Hollywood. Yeah. I remember loving the movie, but it's one that you definitely have to just see as a product of its time yes you de- that's a movie that's like it was a fun sh- it was a fun night because yes. especially because we got to like airing of grievances and context and all that well and it's great because we were just talking beforehand and you were saying you would put together this triple feature mm-hmm. what does this triple feature consist of so you start off with maniac so the ni- remake oh the remake of the maniac remake. yes the remake the remake so with you've got um a a not creepy Elijah Wood. Come on, no, no, Elijah Wood. And then, um, and so like start off with Maniac. Then you would build into like Mannequin. Okay, total switch, just poof. Very much so. Then you would wind up with Tourist Trap. So basically, that would be nerd knowledge in practicum. You know, that would be like reverse engineering. No, showing the, how it sh- works. Showing what it works exactly. So you start with Maniac, you add Mannequin, you wind up with uh, Tourist Trap. That totally works. Because see, with Man, because you got the POV with Maniac. Because of course, you want to start with the eyes. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, then, interestingly enough, the other repertory screening happening indoors is, and I've seen that, mm-hmm. and it's one that I understood understand inspired some walkouts. When it played some of the festival circuits, uh, but we've got Neon Demon. I have yet to see it. Nicholas Reffin. I own it. I have yet to see it. That's funny. I'm going to wait to see this one on the big screen, Me and too. I've heard models cannibalizing each other cool. as a metaphor, but maybe as quite literal. Down. It sounds like it's Fashion Week at Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Color me in, color me in. Now, uh, as going outdoors again on that Saturday, so on the 11th, uh, film, oh man, another 80s classic, and one that is responsible for <laughs> so many just horrible rhyming instances. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second that I say, I mean it, mm-hmm. someone's going to say, Anyone want a peanut? <laughs> Inconceivable. And, and oh, there you go. Uh, the Princess Bride. Rob I Reiner. fucking love that movie. It's 
that movie, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's overrated, or oh, I've seen it a million times. And yes, I have seen it a million times, but it's one of those movies that it's just kind of comfort food. No matter yes. where you're at, you can see it and enjoy it. Fucking probably quote it. It's got Chris Sarandon. It's got Carrie Rules. Chris it's- Sarandon and his whole thing about smelling something, he's like, Iocane powder. See? Which is, has no, no, scent, no smell. No smell. He can smell. smell it. He can smell it. You know, <laughs> and it's got uh, Manny Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. Again, one of the most quotable lines, even it's... even normies. I mean, because we say shit like all the time. Of course, we got our own private jokes, and we have and we have quotes that we can say. Then all horror, all horror fans should get it. You know, mm-hmm. but there are some lines that just cross genres, time periods, ages, and Prince's Bride is one of those movies that you can just. Have fun storming the castle mm-hmm. fits about any scenario you want to throw in. It's funny because like <laughs> I forgot one time when I was when I was bonfiring, like all of a sudden some shit caught on fire, and the next thing I'm thinking about, like if, if, if I catch on fire, the first thing I would say is, "I am the Dread Pirate Roberts. I take no prisoners. Your soul is mine." It's yeah, it's I'll take your soul. That freaked me out as a kid, man. Because he's it's, the Dread Pirate Roberts. And it's he's Andre, the Andre the Giant. Not only is he Andre the Giant fucking, what, eight feet tall and like 800 pounds. And on. On a fucking cart. With a Holocaust fire, cloak. Right, on fire, being just drugged, looking like he's fucking levitating. I would be freaking out. So do you know what other piece of nightmare fuel he starred in back in the day? Mm. You remember when the Bionic Man fought Bigfoot? He was Bigfoot? He was Bigfoot. Ah, Bigfoot takes no prisoners. He's over there snapping into Slim Jims and shit, fucking taking out people's like, what, 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 what is Bigfoot chill for? Uh, was is it Slim Jim? Uh, oh no, no, it's Jack or something Jack like that. Jack Link, something like that. Yeah, fucking over there. Bigfoot chilling for Thanks meat. Thanks, y'all, Jack Link. Oh, well, he's fucking you... eating him by the hole. He's got a jerky cow because he's Andre the Giant. Well, then you know who would be, you know, uh, uh his nemesis, huh. Macho Man Randy Savage, Ooh, snapping into yeah. a Slim Jim. See, there you go. Fucking f- for beef jerky supremacy. <laughs> well, in Demolition Man, they had the franchise wars. Now we have the jerky wars. And you know what the color commentators are the jerky boys? Hey, uh, Sizzle Chest over there is a fucking about to do a double handstand. Oh, and Bigfoot. And Bigfoot. And you fucking everybody's goofing around and shit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's another time. Another place. My goodness. Now, <laughs> of course, if you're not in the Kansas City area and you would like to support Screenland from afar, because you know, who wouldn't? They're a great, great place there. Uh, a couple ways that you can do that. Uh, you can actually go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can uh, rent from them directly. Or... Uh, Oh, oh, no, sorry. Or you can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland, where amongst their many perks, uh, we actually participate in a movie watch party, a little thing we call the Shutter Shoutout. And our latest one is going to be happening on the 25th of June on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And very excited with this one because, mm-hmm. again, one of the lucky things, of course, living here and being where we are here in Kansas City, is Screenland has partnered with the Ethereum Film Night. Uh, which is all a promotion of women filmmakers mm-hmm. and have been fortunate enough to have in-person screenings of their short film showcases, of which Jill Gavargazian 
has been part Stylus of. has been featured a on there. A number of uh, shorts, actually, that have been featured have S- gone into features. Some of my favorite shorts I've seen came from Ethereum. Yes. Some um, incredible work. Mm-hmm. And we've been lucky enough then through Screenland to be able to then screen these in person. Uh, so on the 19th, the latest short film showcase is going to be put together. And we're going to be talking, I believe, the three of them that are going to be available. Yes, time permitted. Time permitted, absolutely. And now, that being said, of course... Those will be streaming on Shutter, but by joining Screenland's film family, you're going to have access to a customized pre-show uh, introduction by Genius and myself, mm-hmm. trailer reel, and of course the post-film discussion. Uh, hopefully, that you'll be able to see. <laughs> now, of course, Genius, if I am talking a Patreon and film family, <laughs> e bellies. <laughs> we of course also have our own little freaky film family happening at. Patreon, and in fact, I want to give a shout out here uh, with our latest Friday Night Fright that played was next to Ken. Mm -hmm. Uh, Film family members Charles and Chad were out and about, and also want to give a real quick shout out to film family member Julie, who I believe uh, is also uh, celebrating a birthday. Hey, happy birthday! On top of that, also Dustin also celebrate. We got to have like the birthday roundup for the film family members, the pallies. Hey, happy birthday! This is your birthday song. It won't take very long. Look at my veins. (laughs) I'll pop them for your presents. (laughs) Now, of course, uh, they have access to a number of things, including all the content for Shutter Shoutout. But recently, we released two new horror episodes. Mm -hmm. One where I was lucky enough to have our good friend Adrian Torres come on, and we talked uh, Alex Garland's Men. Mm Mm-hmm. Of which I know you haven't seen that one yet, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's. I'm gonna wait. I, when you watch it, let me be there with you. Okay, I need to watch that one with you. All right, but we definitely shared our thoughts on that one, and of course, Genius and myself uh, had a blast watching and talking Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. which just Sam Raimi with a budget again, right? Plus Hugh McGorth. <laughs> now, if that sounds like something you'd want to hear, uh, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead where we do have every tier for you from a, a Shimogora. <laughs> yeah, Shimogora to, to a, another nut place, another multiverse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Now, that being said, I know the commentary is a little... I, I, I want to say it's locked in, but I know you not, might be able to talk me into something else there, but loving, loving Kaijun Man. Mm-hmm. Just from the more modern fare... That we took in last week mm-hmm. with Rampage, which it's really funny. Not everyone really likes Rampage. It turns out. Whatever. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, no, it's no, one it's... of those. It's one of those. It's agree to disagree things. I mean, like, because I dig it. Because you know what? I'm not going to be like, especially with the hereditary Midsummer battle. I'm not going to be like, well, that's bullshit. And let me now on some issues, I'll un- I'll 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 go to bat for. Certainly. But you know, I could see it if like a. Rock movie isn't your flavor. It ain't your flavor. You know, there's more kaiju purists out there. I dig it. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, you know, just like uh, different strokes. And again, I went in with lowered expectations, which is, God help me, that's been kind of my philosophy here as of late. It helps. It really does. It helps. I don't know if that's that, like, that SNL skit of, like, lowered expectations dating services. Lowered expectations. And maybe now, merge the, that with bad idea genes. On, on seriously, the older I get, the lower my expectations go, and the say <laughs> seems to be serving me well. <laughs> well, what's funny from something that is a little bit more, I would say, 
lower hanging fruit mm-hmm. for the most part in terms of something for everyone to something that definitely isn't going to be for everyone. Well, originally what was going to be definitely wasn't going to be for everyone, but we're having to pull an uh, audible. We had to pull an we're audible. We're not going into Japan and getting weird just yet. Just yet. Just yet. The we're going, internet lied. We're, we're going to see if we can find something on the Far East there. Right. But actually staying within the States and staying within a movie that isn't I've seen that for me, but it's really funny because about almost at the very end of the film when the big, rev, the giant-sized reveal comes up right. and I was like, whoa. And you turn and look at me and you're like, wait, is this your first time watching this? <laughs> and I was, the reason I wanted us to like program right. this because I knew it was going to be a first time. How, when did you think I watched this with you? When it came out. Because I saw this at the Alamo and I remember like, the cardboard cutout and taking pictures with it and seeing it, and I could have sworn you were there. Was it our other giant-sized buddy? Was Mount Baldy there? I don't remember. Now I'm just kind of guessing myself. Maybe it was a multiverse thing. Because, you know? listen, we both champion the solo theatrical viewing experience. I was with people, you know? I think I was, I know I was. Pictures with- or it didn't happen, genius. <laughs> to the interwebs. To the interwebs. Well, they lied about the, they lied about the other movie. They probably like watch. I probably got Thanos because like I look in there and like man, there you were there, and the picture disappears and fading. Like, What's happening? I look over and I'm <gasps> and then like you're disappearing and fading. Oh, that'd be horrible. I gotta go back in time and help you out. Oh, genius! I wind up. Hey, I'll hey, go back. hook it, hook, <laughs> right? And I wind up fucking it up or something like that. Well, I cannot do that. That's gonna throw my voice out. Uh, I'm just glad we're not talking about an Ian McShane or a fucking Jason Statham movie yet. I'm telling you, Shark Timber's coming. I want to do Megalodon. Give yourself a week. (laughs) Drink a lot of tea and honey. Prepare yourself. You know, coat that that, that velvety voice there. But no, this is one that I knew was a little bit more of a heady kaiju film. Uh, that it was dealing with a number of things that, you know, definitely were going as the monster as metaphor. But see, you had the luxury of knowing that ahead of time, which I did not going into it. So it tainted oh. my view. And so when when you first mentioned Colossal, I was like, eh, OK, right, because I'm I'm be honest. When I first saw this movie, I wasn't expecting the turn and I oh, wasn't man. expecting the tonal shift that it was going mm-hmm. for the way the marketing it's a oh it's a goofy movie and then oh it's made might be a rom-com and it's got a lot of those different elements and it's almost like most movies are like choose your own adventures when it comes to the main characters and when it comes to plot what is it going to take right and a lot of times i'm like okay i'm thinking this way and if it doesn't right you know how you're like oh i made the wrong choice i can turn back or i can keep going and see where this goes i'll be like okay i want to see where this goes see where this goes see where this goes and then finally when there's like oh i don't like this ending at all then I'm like, man, this movie's bullshit, you know? So you had that negative, nasty, genius is a little upset experience? Not negative, nasty, but like, uh, you know when I'm disappointed. disappointed? Okay. When I'm disappointed because I thought it was, initially I thought it was going to be more goofy and lighthearted and more smashy, smashy. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's that's a kaiju movie. Well, I think like our first criteria is smashy smashy right so i'm thinking okay it's a kaiju movie smashy smashy funny and hathaway 
I loved her in Princess Diaries. She's got great comic timing, She's right? Hysterical. So cool. I'm da- Jason Sudeikis. I like him too. He's funny. Oh shit! It's Tim Blake Nelson. I remember him from such film. I remember him from such films as Oh Brother, We're Out There. So I'm seeing okay comedy, goofy, goofy. She's down on her luck. She's a drunk. Hey, there's Dan Stevens. So I'm like, all right, cool. Where's the kaiju? Yep. But I'm, I like Anne Hathaway, so I'm ready to go with it. Then, okay, well, maybe it has some leaning towards rom-com. Cool. And then, oh, no, this is not a rom-com. The go- rom-com gone wrong. Right. <laughs> Giant size. Giant size. And then it turns into a little and smashy smashy. So when I came out, I was like, yeah, I'm not angry. I'm more disappointed. Mm-hmm. Right? So when they're like, let's see Colossal, I'm like, yeah, okay. Right? Because I was, And I was like. We'll we'll talk about it. My airing of grievances because yeah. I haven't seen it since. But one, when I saw it, it was your first time watching it, and then two, knowing the tonal shift that it was going to take, I was more prepared and looking for signs and seeing if I missed something on the first, and I did. So I enjoyed this viewing significantly more than I did the first time. Oh wow! Now I'm still not going to put this in the pantheon of my kaiju films. Sure, sure. But at the same time, yes, this is this was a, a grower, not a shower. So like this was more appreciated upon later viewing. That's good, man. I'm whatever baggage you're bringing right now, it's right. good. It's, well, that makes me happy because when you started. We don't necessarily talk beforehand a lot about kind of our, our thoughts for the most part. So when you started that, I'm like, oh, no. Like, as he's holding back that, you know, it comes at night. Fucking giant-sized midsomar. Fucking exactly. hereditary zilla just kicking my and kicking shit around. Ari Aster's kaiju film. Like, oh, no, I'd be pissed. Some giant-sized anguish is <laughs> right. what it is. But <laughs> better than bring me there. Giant <laughs> as long as we get giant eyes, that's fine. Now, that being said, to kind of a lot of this, I think, could really go wrong. But this is uh, written and directed by Nacho, Nacho uh, Vigalondo, yes. Yeah. Who actually, I remember hearing of his work and the little film called uh, is it Time Crimes. Time Crimes is fucking dope. Okay. It's an I've seen that. Dude, Time Crimes is slick. If we, if we do, like, another sci-fi month, mm-hmm. Time Crimes is going to be in there. Time Crimes is rad. And is it more, like, I, I don't want that nerdy stuff, but, like, hard sci-fi, the heady stuff? No. Oh, it's, okay. It's a murder mystery. Really? It's a murder. There's See, and again, I know enough to maybe BS my way through it a little, but I didn't even know that. So this guy sees a murder happen, right? And he tries to figure out what the hell's going on. Meanwhile, he stumbles into a time machine. Cool. Okay. So he tries to use that to solve the mystery. Very cool. Well, then he also provided a short for the ABCs of Death, which mm-hmm. we talked about in Into the Mouth of March Madness mm-hmm. this year that actually did compete. And I think that one he was pretty good, that if I'm trying to remember which one he did. But I remember I think that was the, one of the ones that I liked of ABCs of Death. And like he did a lot of other like Mexican movies and like other... Mm-hmm. Uh, like um or Spaniard movies yes in, uh, in in Spanish language movies so he's not uh super known here in the states but this was kind of like one of his bigger breakout ones time crimes was his one that was like everybody's like holy shit you got to see time crimes yeah I'm, like I'm telling you fucking time crimes <laughs> time crimes is it's legit dope. okay time crimes is legit good and so I didn't even realize that, that he directed this movie so that's again seeing that I'm like oh okay cool yeah. all right all right 
So was this a case then of, again, hype, hyperbole hurting your expectation? Or was it just, I, I see a giant monster, these are my expectations with giant monsters? A, a little of column A, a little yeah. of column B, you know? Yeah. Because, like, one, it's when it came out, nothing but praise. Variety says right. it's a brand new take and it's wonderful. And, and everybody's like, da 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 And I'm like, all right, cool, there's a lot of hype. Uh, and then again, one, I like Anne Hathaway, right? I like Jason Sudeikis. I like and I like giant monster movies. But then, like you said, with yep. the expectation of giant monster movies, because we even fucking put it on our list. If it does the kaiju, do, yeah. does this, 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 this. So I was like, all right. I was expecting one thing, and then I didn't get it, and then add that on such a tonal shift to get to where, like, what the fuck that's why i didn't get what i wanted you know that's kind of like ah, i understand i enjoyed it but it wasn't like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but again now watching this i'm like holy shit this is i'm seeing where this is going i'm still like i could i could have used a little more smashy, smashy. Oh, absolutely you can always use more smashy smashy in mm -hmm. your kaiju film but i think one of the things that we talked about is a lot of these giant monster movies are only as good as the human characters that are populating it. Right. You know, because for the most part, we do spend the most time with them. Even with even more smashy smashy, you still spend the time with the people. And this one's almost like the um, bizarro kaiju film. Because in, like, Godzilla movies, there's a lot of smashy smashy, and then, like, long, like, maybe five, ten minutes of, like, dialogue, mm -hmm. mostly peppered, and then back to a little bit more smashy. But this one's, like... Talky, 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 smashy, smashy, smashy. Talky, 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 smashy, smashy. They just talk. inverted the formula. Right. And again, that's another thing I wasn't expecting. Now, like, not saying that I'm a kaiju purist, you know, by any stretch. I'm always down for a fresh new take on kaiju films. Oh, yes. But so I wasn't expecting such a dramatic turn. Well. I wasn't expecting to be like. God damn it, Jacob Sudeikis, you're not supposed to be an asshole. You're from Kansas he's, City. He's a local boy. You're always the good guy, and you seem legit. Because, like, not saying... Because when I first saw this movie, when it came out, I wasn't looking for uh, red flags and yeah. signs and shit. And so know. it seemed more like... Okay, I could see he's kind of a spurned lover at beginning. I'm like, I could see that. He... We assume that at right. that point. And or like, maybe just, you know, he's carried a crush from afar, potentially. Right. Plus, we're still lighthearted enough where, like, goofy shit can happen. We can and laugh at their drunken shenanigans. He might be our romantic lead. Because mm -hmm. especially at the time this came out when, like, fucking Seth Rogen and knocked up and shit. So, like, not saying schlubs, but, no, like. Because he's, he's strikingly handsome. He is handsome, but he's just, like, a and, dude. And he's. He's a Midwesterner guy. Right. He's a Kansas he's a, guy. He's a dude. And yet he's hooking up with Anne Hathaway, you know? So, like, well, trying to. So, like, yeah. so you can see this. I'm like, okay, so, you know, they're both kind of a mess. There is no one really good presented in this movie except for the younger guy that she has an interest in. But also it should be noted, I mean, this movie, I think, is made her broken with this film and i just want to give anne hathaway some appreciation you said you mentioned you love her in the princess diaries mm -hmm. i think that was like her first feature film mm -hmm. it was that one that you just caught via video no, i went to see it in theater now, was there a reason particular reason you went and saw that in the theater? was it well this was back in the day probably where it was just a friday night i was like and eh, why not fucking see it. double features or theater hopping theater hopping and also 
we both love us rom-coms mm-hmm. we both love veering outside of horror and right, genre right like Plus we love movies like rags to riches nail and it's got love fucking julie andrews maybe she'll sing a song you know so like i'm down you're you've got a background in musical theater right i'm down with julie andrews all day long and i i it's and i've seen that for me but i've understand from what you've said from what i've read and everything i've seen her in you talk about her comedic timing. She's funny. She's really funny. She's funny. She's really funny. Have you ever watched the things she's ever done on SNL? It's hilarious. She's have you ever natural. Have you ever seen her as STD Mary Poppins? No. <laughs> oh my god. She's hilarious. She comes out and like she's like, if there's a niche that you must scratch because of dirty, and then like the <laughs> right and and. It's just funny. She's well, just funny. Because also she looks like the girl next door. She is very. She's beautiful. Oh, and she's gorgeous. She's striking. Right. But she looks. I don't want to say she looks approachable, but she looks like like Jason Sudeikis is a handsome dude, but he looks like an everyday yeah. dude. Anne Hathaway is stunningly gorgeous, she, but she looks like an everyday girl. She was that girl that was really attractive either in high school or college, but was also really nice. She's the one that if this was in the 80s. They would like put her glasses and yep, put her hair up, her. and then like, oh, she's just a nerd and she's ugly, right? And then like, let's make you hot, and they put like makeup and take cue off the, the montage music, you know, kiss me under the bearded barley. Well, I mean, she did that in a lot of her early films, from like Ella Enchanted, right, going back to the Princess Diaries, right, uh, with the second one. It wasn't until two thousand and five, Havoc, <laughs> that us perverts know. <laughs> As Havoc. That's her breakout as an adult actress. Because that was the one that you heard that, yes, let's, again, that she was. Did you hear that Anne Hathaway shows her boobs? Oh. Uh-oh. To, to, to the blockbuster. <laughs> right. do do <laughs> It's just the then, membership card. <laughs> make it a blockbuster night, Robin. Why not make it a double feature with The Gift? <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking, I just bought that movie at the garage sale yesterday. Perfect. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. The Gift is a good mm-hmm. movie. I uh-huh. like the movie. But needless to say, that was the movie. <laughs> that great Kinnear. That transitioned her into more adult fare. Right. Uh, then the following year, Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years. Uh, 2005, Brokeback Mountain. And Batman. The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Uh, Becoming Jane. I mean, that's she. She goes on a run, including. Have you ever seen Rachel getting married? Mm-mm. Oh, oh, such anxiety with like family drama and oh. the the the, uh, the the drug. See, I don't have a problem with family dramas at all. If people are like, oh, you don't like it's family intense. dramas, like family, I don't. I just don't like Hereditary, but I like other family dramas. Did you ever see Alice in Wonderland? Which one? Ah, uh, oh, where was she plays in... the White Queen. She's the White yes, Queen. Yes, I did. But see, here's the thing: There's, I've seen so many weird versions of Alice in Wonderland. No, the Czechoslovakian stop motion one, the one with Carol Channing as the White Queen. Have you seen that one? It's fucking weird. Speaking of fucking in the White Queen, like Anne Hathaway, right? So she's the White Queen. She was significantly better than the Carol Channing one. Carol Channing one comes out and she's like, "Oh, bread and butter, bread and butter," right? And Alice in Wonderland is like, "What's the matter?" She's like, "I pricked my finger on this hairpin." 
right? And then like, and then they're like, "What's the matter? You want to come? You want to come back to my palace, little girl? We're going to eat bread jam, right?" And then the, she's like, "No, I don't want to go." And then she starts singing a song about like jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, right? And then it's fucking weird. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, fucking the the, the finger that she pricked. They're like, "Are you feeling any better?" She's like, "I'm feeling much better." And she turns into a lamb and just scampers away. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Was this a made-for-TV? Yep. Yep. There was that double feet, that two-parter one from back in the day. Of course. Of course. You could get away with some weird stuff. It was It's bizarre. If you look it up on YouTube, (laughs) Carol Channing, Alice in Wonderland, it's... It's bat. It's it's nuttier than squirrel shit. It's crazy. Bat shit crazy. It is. It is way bat shit. It is lamb shit crazy. Well, it's appropriate then, you know. Given I've still yet to see uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Oh, with Bane. Yes. But a movie I did see in the theater and dug so much, and it was partially because of, mostly because of her role, was Ocean's Eight. Mm-hmm. She's. So good, and again, displaying her comic chops. She's funny. She's wonderful. And so when knowing her role in this, I really thought she brings that Rachel getting married energy of someone that's going down like a destructive path, mm-hmm. is looking for some element of redemption, and is looking just to, to deal and grow and maybe fit, find yourself. But see, and I went in looking at... at um Prince's Diaries and fucking uh, the Get Smart remake when she's in it, oh, uh, right. where she her com her comedy runs. Yeah. So I'm looking at it being more funny because it starts out funny, it does. right? Subtle funny, you know, like oh that's fucked up, but that's kind of funny. And then again, Sadakis, you know, he's funny, you know, I everything every- he's done since then has been and really much post it- has been funny, you know, and he's not. This is not quite Vince Vaughn scary, but I was like, God damn, I don't expect you to be that terrifying and intense. It's what he's projecting. Mm -hmm. And it's that because it's that normal implication. Yeah. Yeah. That he gives when you get when you when you get something that's the antithesis of that. Yeah, it's terrifying. I agree. Yeah, there is. There's definitely a formula. So let me ask you, what did you think? Because this is like I've already put what I thought, like for the most part of about the movie so far about my multiple time. But what do you think first viewer? You know I'm a sucker at this point for anything kind of dealing or addressing trauma in mm-hmm. kind of a cool, creative way. And I really think just in terms of allowing the monsters to be this metaphor for the bullying that I think that kind of was the start of the relationship and this idea of the dynamics of power mm-hmm. in a relationship, this idea of the power of addiction. And, I mean, you can just put it, you know, whenever you're drunk, whenever you're on something, insert whatever you want. You become something else, and there's a lot of destruction in your wake, and it Emotional goes into blackmail. Oh, oh, oh! That that whole this would pair well with men, actually, as a double feature in such a great way. But it's that turn. Like I knew of the turn. I knew of you've mentioned it. Like, dude, Sadekis is scary. So I was waiting for it, and when it and it started subtle. Mm-hmm. And especially when he was addressing that kid or the, the 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 one that's vying for her attention. Right. And that subtle intimidation of him and just his semblance of, again, power over everyone and having control of his scenario based on 
the esteem issue that she points out. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I, I wrote in my notes. I was like, dude, there's a lot of like, not only, you know, of dealing with metaphor and addiction, but like esteem. It's just, it's tough. There's uh, a lot going on with this, but then also it is funny. Yeah. There are bits of it that is legit funny. In fact, when they're palling around, the De Palma moment, when she's doing everything and they're watching as it's going live streaming, like that to me was funny. And that was like, wow, that's a creative use of a giant monster, great cast of like character actors, and just making me laugh at that. Because she's goofy. She's and very just, goofy. Uh, there's the big dance to the monster the- just doing the shimmy and shit. I mean, how often do you get to see a giant monster do it? You were talking about a sachet out of pants. Right. There's a shimmy with a kaiju <laughs> here. So, I mean, that's not a bad thing, potentially. Uh, there is a shot of her on the ground and him stomping and was just terrifying. And she's framed in between his legs and each foot. And the devastation on her face and again that whole dynamic of power that this is what i'm going this is what i'm holding over you to keep you here i mean it was terrifying and anyone Mm -hmm. that's been in that kind of a relationship i mean this movie probably means a lot to them Um, would you consider it trigger warnings possibly possibly i mean just in terms of toxic relationships um but i think it's handled in a very classy way mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a genre film it's a it, it is in its essence it is a giant monster film right but then ideally to care for the characters that are there that's going to hopefully make it a little bit better so hopefully when the smash and again the smashy smashy is very minimal yeah in fact they really only exist to heighten i think more than anything to maybe just give him an excuse to make a giant monster movie maybe possibly like, it is it's almost like what's that movie called um where it's called like the monster and the, like there's no monster in it at all Mo- except yeah. for the monsters. Yeah, it's actually, and that was built around, I know, more budgetary reasons. Right. I do think this is just more conceptual. Like this is what they probably had yeah. in mind. I think they wanted to make a drama about, well, comedic, a com- dramedy, I guess, mm-hmm. about toxic relationships with them as monsters in the background. You know, I think, and it worked well. You know, I think as 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 a metaphor device, I think it worked great. And then placing everything at a playground at the time, but then we and I really liked the kind of the flash. And I'll be honest, I really thought the the kind of this the the incident that kicks everything off. I thought it would be like something more traumatic, possibly. I'm not saying you have seen your diorama that you worked so hard on getting smashed like you know a giant monster would on a city. Thankfully. I was expecting like a dead body. I was so, I something I, a lot worse. I was worse. fearing, yeah, something right. on the assault side. Right, because we've seen some shit. Oh my goodness! And again, there was definitely this idea that the you know this thing was triggered or manifested twenty five years ago. And as it turns out, I like the moment that where it's they're struck with the lightning. lightning. Yeah. And is it again? Is it just that moment where they are like forever now? bonded in a way or kept in like mortal combat throughout like <laughs> this is how a nemesis is created yeah exactly they're highlander or is it also like the beginning or the origin of the the dynamics of power in that relationship possibly possibly you know i mean because it doesn't really explain it's one of those like hey it is however, however you, you interpret it 
and I think it works instead of saying, oh, the it's a portal <laughs> between there yeah. and anybody who walks in turns into some sort of right. giant monster because then it can turn goofy. You know, then Zach Galifianakis comes in and he turns in like Baragon or some shit, you know, and then although at that point you do miss the opportunity of Tim Blake Nelson go. We thought you turned into You're a, a ca- horny toad. Yeah, horny toad to kaju. <laughs> exactly. Inconstance roll. They all form like fucking, it turns into King Kong's jug band. It turns into like the fucking hillbilly rocket fire explosion. I'm kind of down. Dun, 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 dun. I could fucking see it. Dun, 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 dun. They're just playing Godzilla 2. It probably exists somewhere in Japan. Cause see exactly oh it will um but see so that's another route that I thought it could take until mm-hmm. like oh the turn so again I wasn't expecting it but again no knowing it seeing it and the fact that you knew that it was coming right I could appreciate what they were trying to go for I think this was a case of um because I seen I think a lot, a lot of the praise on it but also like man that was some bullshit you know because yep. of the same kind of baggage that I bring other people bring and. We just kind of got fooled by the marketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that I came out like, man, this movie was fucking terrible or it's woke trash, you know, or anything like that. You know, I just came out like, you know, I enjoyed it. But but this time I was like, you know what? I dug it. I dug it a lot more. I like the fact that I forgot that Tim Blake Nelson was in because I haven't seen it since the theater. The theater. OK. And we both had those uh, Rick Dalton moments first off with Dan Stevens. Mm-hmm. And we're like, like Damn. Oh, it's Dan Stevens. And then when he's speaking with his regular accent, his regular British accent, you're like, holy shit, it's real Dan Stevens talk. It, it, <laughs> real Dan Stevens. And real Dan Stevens talks tends to make those blue eyes even dreamier mm-hmm. as it, they are. It adds that London fog of blue like they make it a little bit more hazy. It's a little bit more British, as as broad as the British of the Union Jacket is, right? So like, <laughs> and then he comes out, and it's like great. But again, speaking of Dan Stevens, one, everybody's a fucking asshole in this film. Yes. Everybody, everybody is fucked up in. Everyone this film. is dealing with something, something, something right? And it. Suspension of disbelief. I understand we're talking about uh, a kaiju movie and shit like that. But if it came down to brass tacks character or not, there is no way Sudeikis, as scary as he would, would intimidate Dan Stevens in a bar. Because we've seen evidence and proof, all of the guests, of shit that he does in bars. Do you think he would actually order Sudeikis' character like a blowjob shot? (laughs) Yeah. Just something to entice him a little? (laughs) Something like, like, no, he should probably order him like a a Godzilla-sized... You know, bringing in one to, of the Godzilla glasses. To pair with the Godzilla-sized firecracker mm-hmm. that shows up at the very end. What the fuck was that? That's what I was... And another thing, I I guess I wasn't ready to put my headspace and, like, and be, like, ready for that. a kind of drama. So when I was like, what the fuck is that? I thought, oh, this is goofy. He's going to light a thing on fire. Then I'm like, oh, that took another turn. And then this one, I'm like, god damn, he is insane. He's... He's dealing with so much more than they're letting on. And I think, like, one, I don't think I needed to know more of the explanation of why he's crazy. No, it gives you subtle hints. Uh, the fact that there's that picture of his wife with the face scribbled mm-hmm. out with the kid. There's a lot of, again, everyone is dealing with something. And, again, I love those movies about trauma and about dealing with the stuff. And if you don't deal with it, this is how the other stuff manifests. And it's bad. It's destructive. It hurts not only yourself but other people and you have to think about the other people i 
had the same reactions. But throughout the film, though, and again, we both just watched it. And this is the problem sometimes of watching shit together like this. But there's a moment where she is traveling from place to place. And she's got this like it's not a bindle by any means, (laughs) but she's got stuff in a baggie. And the, we just, I started giggling because I was thinking to myself, if she walked in the playground with that. And would she turn into a giant, like, thing with a, a giant bindle? Right? Like a big giant hobozilla, bumzilla. <laughs> and then fucking, <laughs> she's got, it's like the space needle attached to like a couple of like sails and shit. <laughs> I was a little disappointed, honestly. <laughs> you just hear for miles around, flies in the bottom here. Shoo, fly, shoo, 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 shoo. It fucking sonic booms windows out. Like fucking when Rodan. <laughs> ah! Giant hobo like that would be terrifying. <laughs> would be truly terrifying. Uh, and another and, moment is when she's trying to figure out two and two, figuring out that she is actually the giant kaiju. When she has like all that bulletin board, that Pepe Silva thing going on and like you started giggling and i started giggling and you're like <laughs> and what's great is i went giant sized pepe silva and then what did you say pepe zilla <laughs> again glad i watched that one with you in here for that moment uh when the moment when she sees the monster for the first time her reaction of the genuine kind of terror and surprise it's just a nice reminder of what a good actor she is but you also were like no i'd have a to- you would be just like oh my god because imagine putting yourself in these re- imagine seeing that I'd be like, like fuck yeah these- I would be so excited and here's the thing I couldn't and I don't know if it's just like again the baggage that you bring or all that stuff but I really couldn't put my head in a lot of uh, Anne Hathaway shoes sure. because one yeah. like I would be like hell yeah there's giant monsters that's fucking rad you know like now and then again I like the fact that like it's gonna bring world peace now because everybody's like it's a ceasefire until we you have a Watchmen-esque element where something otherworldly brings and unites everyone and I'm like dope and then also she's like oh my gosh I don't want to hurt anybody else but if I not saying I would be full on sedacious in that with me because I don't want to go full on sedate because I'm not gonna start fucking lighting fireworks and shit in bars or in like fucking threatening people but I'd be like ha ha dun 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 Bump, 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 bump. Dun, 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 dun. You would have your music playing, I'm sure, just to enhance it for just everyone. Just dancing and shit, right? Just come out and like... And you know what? Here's the thing. Not saying... If you know that every day... Because, like, I understand 25 years ago, poof, their monster happens. And then just never That's comes back. spot is, yeah. Right? Cool. 25 years later, poof, comes out, right? Oh, shit. I hope it never happens again. I'm not going to move because, you know, what's the chance again? Poof, it happens the next day. Holy shit, maybe I should move because it looks like the monster's coming every day. Day three, day four, day five. You should move. And so by then, after then, even because after she's like, I'm so sorry, it was an accident. Like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But just in case, we still might want to keep people evacuated over that square blockage. Well, and what's interesting was how casual everyone was afterwards. Right. And Because uh, I sure as fuck would come up, bum, 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 and like just doing different shit. Fucking brain giant things, like fucking like. Giant. Would you be the first pe- kaiju prop comic? Oh, hell yeah, dude. And I'd be like, I can do Shakespeare. And like I'd pull, again, the, the space needle. Or like, you know. Well, check it out. I'm going to do a French impression. This is my Marcel Marceau. And I pick up, like, the Eiffel Tower, and I'm, like, pretending like I'm against an invisible wall or some shit like that, you know? Or, like, just sit there and, like, just do practice dances, like, do Lord of the Dance 
as ever a the kaiju. showman ever I the just showman having a good time you know because i'm a giant kaiju now it would suck when they start like shooting fighter jets being like ow 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 and so then i just back up out of the thing like good night that is the equivalent of Sandman right. <laughs> pushing you off. You just hear the loudspeakers instead of from the F-15s instead of dun 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 dun. It's bump 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 bump. Hold that tight, you know. Like, uh, they get a big giant hook. They get like. <laughs> Would there be a giant size El Chacal? Shin Chacal? Oh yeah, that's loudspeakers. That would be rad. A mecha, would... a mecha gimp? Just like mecha chicken. Uh, so for, for, that's going to be a deep cut for anyone. Go back to <laughs> 2021's Into the Mouth of March Madness, People Under the Stairs, to get a little context for <laughs> that one. Uh, you know what was also giant-sized? Mm. The TV he wheels in. Now I understand helping your friend out and hooking it up. And be like, hey, I'm going to give you a TV. Cool. But he pulls in one of those big-ass, old-school tube. Like, not quite tube, because those things are fucking Those heavy. are even heavier. But, like, it's, it's, it's one of those flat screen, Flat screens. Like, 70-inch flat screens. Plus the stand. It could kill a small army of people if it, like, is tilted wrong. But here's the thing. He gets pummeled with it. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And survives. Well, and you even got basically like Chekhov's nervous tick that comes into Mm -hmm. play, which I really liked. Uh, Even from the get-go, watching her do the thing with her hair, I'm like, ah, it's these little nuances that they're including with the characters. Now, I totally, totally dug it. Uh, The firecracker monologue, again, the intensity of it was ridiculous and crazy. Uh, I really, in my heart of hearts, was hoping... At that very end, in fact, the reason I went, oh, I wanted a giant Anne Hathaway. I, and I don't know if maybe that's some weird fetish with me, but instead of the giant monster, I wanted giant Anne Hathaway. Oh, no, it's Snoo Snoo. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be down with a giant Anne Hathaway, like a 50-foot woman Hathaway. And again, uh. I, I, maybe that's my own little weird thing I need to work out on myself, but... <laughs> Oh no, that sounds horrible. I, that's that'll that'll really purge in catharsis. The baggage you bring. There's giant Anne Hathaways, and there's like, Duh. I'm over there dancing and shit. <laughs> Got our own ways of dealing with our past trauma. But that whole scene when she is on the ground, technically where the destruction, based on all her antics, are happening, almost in a way of like trying to make amends mm-hmm. and taking on the bully and then gaining the power back and eliminating that dynamic in the relationship and finally just like f you i'm done i'm done like i'm throwing you out and imagine being someone in soul and seeing this invisible hand of god taking the destructive robot and tossing it yeah Uh, you know um religion church attendance is skyrocket but the thing is though guaranteed like we were we're even hearing in the, the movie there's going to be that small subset of conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. out there like, well, no, this is this is a mad thing that the government's putting together just to, you know. Because he had be like that dude in the bar. See, I told you the monster was good. Guy. See, the monster came out to help out. The the relationship where she, it's like Godzilla, where it's, she starts out as the nemesis mm-hmm. and then becomes the protector, much like the way Godzilla's yeah. relationship went with Japan, which was kind of cool. Now, I legit really liked this movie because I was entertained with the kaiju stuff, but it just, I'm a sucker for, you know, a good trauma film. And then when you populate it with great character actors, 
I'm in. This was mm-hmm. this was a good. This is. I'm glad we program. I'm glad you had a better second time experience going in. I should say. And I'm glad you had a good first one. Yeah. You know? Well, no, that's what I. What's cool. But here's one thing. Okay, not that like I'm trying to shoot plot holes and stuff. But one of the things the, she's main concerned about is like, oh no, the collateral damage that I've caused in Seoul, right? Yes, a lot, lots of damage, lots of deaths. So that that we can say that checks off on our kaiju thing. Oh but yeah. What of all the collateral, collateral damage done in like Iowa? Because that playground is right next to a fucking school, and they it's went 8 out o'clock the... in the morning. School is in session. They would go out of their way every time to show kids walking in the background. School is in session. So if she's not thinking straight, because she's already in the revenge mode. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, okay, I understand. If your argument's the good of the many outweighs the good of the few, because, you know, 200 people in Iowa is better than 2,000 people in Seoul. Sure. That's that whole, like, you know... Which rail? Oh yeah, railroad yeah fun car ethical conundrums. Do? Right, but at the same time, you're still knocking down a school. You're still knocking down a school at eight o'clock in the morning. And the first couple of times you did it, it was an accident. Okay, who? Mea culpa. I understand. <laughs> you know, I my first times as a giant kaiju, I probably would make a couple of mistakes too. But then you willingly went to Korea to, to become a giant monster. I think it also takes into play that even though you're doing something for the good, there are still those consequences to your actions. You're still going to have to make amends no matter what. You're always That's making true. amends. I would definitely like you know take some of that help Korea money that they're share trying to raise and like maybe help like Red Barn Iowa, you know, because like it's an interesting thing. Like I said, this is definitely a heady kaiju film, which I really like. Uh, I and I like the fact that they brought something different to what is considered something we've said from the get-go a kind of a little kid genre for the most mm-hmm. part like a lot of these giant monster movies for the most part are gateway horror films and you take something that is traditionally seen as a gateway film turn it with this kind of slant and love the turn like mm-hmm. i said i really really dug it like it's one of those uh, any other thing that we're not missing on your notes there good sir um yeah I think um, Sadeke should take more dark turns. Yeah. Oh, he was a, he was a very effective villain. And that's just, as we as we know, a lot of comedy masks a lot of pathos and mm-hmm. a lot of demons fuel that stuff. So it's it's never a surprise when you find someone that is known for being comedic to be able to take that turn. Look at uh, Bill Hader and Barry right now. Yeah, taking a crate, you know, really good dramatic turn. I'm I, I'm not surprised. I'm just impressed. Me too. Yeah, it's very good. So, now I had a blast with this one. Now, I know the remainder of the month we're going to try. We have we have two more picks left, yes. right? One of the picks is going to it one of the picks is going to be next week, either depending on the time frame of how we can find the other one. Ideally, we're both going to end up in Japan. Yes. As it turns yes. out, we're going we're going kind of uh, to the OG. I like that. I like that. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Tell me. <laughs>